0: And you may be seated. Well, good morning. That's your moment to say good morning to me. All right, let's try it again. Good morning. How's everybody doing? How many people are ready for God's Word? Come on, how many people are ready for God's Word? It is such a joy and an honor to stand on this platform and share from God's Word. And if you were here last Sunday, we started a brand new summer series, summer sermon series, a lot of S's there, and nine parts focusing on the fruit of the Spirit. We're calling it Cultivate cultivate is the name of this sermon series and we believe that the spirit of god wants to cultivate these fruit in our life we understand those gifts of the spirit but we also understand there are fruit of the spirit and we learned last sunday it's a package deal god doesn't want just one of these fruit he wants all these fruit to be lived out and modeled in our life so last sunday we started with love all you need is love Love is more than a feeling. And we talked about love. But today, we are going to talk about the word joy. So everybody say joy. One, two, three. Joy. It says in Galatians chapter 5, "...but the fruit of the Spirit..." It's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. How many people are raised in Sunday school? Did you go to Sunday school as a young boy or a young girl? If you were raised in Sunday school, you know this song. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Oh, you know it, don't you? I, I got I to get you to stand because we're going to have some fun. Can we have some fun? Come on, stand to your feet. Come on. So guys, you got a part. Girls, you got a part. And so guys, I want you to get down like this because you got to get a little lower. You're the where, all right? You're the where. And ladies, you've got the, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Then ladies, you just squat down and the guys, you go, where? Can you do it? Can we do it? So all right, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Bend down a bit. Come on, ladies. You ready? I'll lead you in it. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. We're down in my heart to stay, and I'm so happy, so very happy, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, 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 and I'm so happy, so very happy, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Come on, give yourself a hand. You did great. Yeah. All right. Take a seat. Take a seat. Take a seat. I want to walk you through this morning some teaching on joy. And so we're going to begin by looking at a smorgasbord of scriptures that are loaded with great truths. And I just went into my Bible, found these verses, and felt the Spirit of God wanted me to start this message on joy. So let's look now at John chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus said these words. He said, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. And so we're not talking about our joy this morning. We're talking about the God's joy, the joy of the Lord. May His joy be in you, and may His joy that's in you be complete. So I don't want you to have your joy. I want you to have God's joy, and I want it to be complete. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. They're building the walls, and they're getting really discouraged. And so Nehemiah said, Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, isn't that good news? God's joy gives you strength. Then there's Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. It's a great verse, great verse. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. When you're in the presence of God, when we're worshiping God, He Fills us with his joy. Then there's Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 down to verse 3. It's a great chapter. Let me read to you verse 3. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. So he puts on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. Can you imagine if God poured joyful oil over us today and it's pouring all down on us. I want God to soak us this morning in his joy. And then there's Luke chapter 10 verse 21. You may not have seen this verse but at that time Jesus, Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Jesus ministered with the joy of the spirit now Jesus ministered and walked with the joy of the spirit. How many people know we need to minister and walk with the joy of the spirit in our life? Amen. Look at Acts 13:52 and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. There's a connection of joy and the spirit. Here's the last verse in this introduction Romans 14:17 for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness, peace and joy in The Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want to walk you through three things this morning. Three things. And number one, I want to give you some teaching this morning on the difference between joy and happiness. Because there's a world of difference. If we don't get this first part figured out, we're not going to understand the last part of this sermon. So what is the difference between joy and happiness? Number one, happiness is based on circumstance. Circumstance. Write that in your notes. Happiness is always based on circumstance, where joy is always based on Christ. There's an ancient word, happistance, which we get the word happiness. And happiness is based on circumstance. You know, I'm joyful when it's a nice day, or I'm happy when it's a nice day. When it's not a nice day, I'm not happy. When I get up in the morning and everything's going well, I'm happy. But when things don't go well, I'm not happy. And so happiness is based on circumstances, what goes down, what happens, what doesn't happen, what is going on in your life. But joy is not based on what happens. Joy is based on Christ Jesus. Then there's number two. Happiness is external. It's an outward thing. It's all about, again, what's going on around you, where joy is what's going on inside of you. So the fruit of the Spirit is all about Holy Spirit Doing an inner work inside us. Now, I I really want, and I've been praying all week, that Holy Spirit would cultivate an overflowing joy in our life. That he would put joy all over us, joy in us, that the joy of the Lord would just be our strength. So happiness is based on circumstance. Joy is always based on Christ. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. But then there's number three. Happiness is a matter of choice. Whereas joy, joy... I'm sorry, happiness is a matter of chance. My apologies. Happiness is a matter of chance, whereas joy is a matter of choice. You've got to choose joy. You've got to choose joy in your life. You've got to make sure that it's the choice that you are choosing. It's internal. It's not based on what happens to you. It's based on Christ. So we got to understand there's a world of difference between happiness and joy. Let me take you to number two, and I want to talk to you for a few moments about some biblical words that I discovered in the Bible that that show us the expression of joy. Now, because I'm a hockey fan, and because I like the Boston Bruins, I thought this was interesting. The Greek word for joy is chera. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Chera. Just saying. And that's the Greek word for joy. But when you study the Hebrew and you study the Greek, you would discover different words that are used to show the expression of joy. Let, let, me, let me give you four of them. Number one, bright and shining. Bright and shining. I thought this was really interesting. And I went back to 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 6. And this, this is the bright and shining expression of joy. Bright and shining. And in 1 Samuel 18, verse 6, the men are coming home after David had taken down Goliath. Remember David? Kills Goliath. And everyone's coming home. And it tells us that the woman came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul was singing and dancing with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. They were radiant. They were bright. They were joyful. And when you were joyful, there will be a radiance about you. How many people know Christians should not be walking around like they've been sucking on some lemons? Am I right? When you've got the joy of Jesus, it radiates. There's something different about you. I want us to be bright and shining. Then there's number two. Leaping and jumping. I mean, joy can affect the way you physically respond. And we looked a couple of weeks ago at amazing scripture in the book of Acts, chapter 3, and where Peter and John go to the temple. There's this guy who's lame. They pray for him, silver and gold. We don't have. Name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And there's a little bit of leaping and jumping that goes on. Look at verse 8. He jumped to his feet, began to walk, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. One translation says, leaping with joy. We got, I got here early this morning, and Pastor Brad's on the platform getting ready for worship practice, and I thought about this joy and this leaping and jumping, and I shared with Pastor Brad a memory. And we were back pastoring in Bowmanville, and there was, there was a spirit of revival that was going on. I mean, we had services that... I mean, I'd walk out in the lobby, and people were praying for people. I'm in the parking lot. People were praying for people, and the place was jammed, packed with people. And we were seeing miracle after miracle after miracle happening, and people getting saved and healed. God was doing amazing work. You had to come early to church just to get a seat. And there was such an exuberance of celebration. This is no lie. This old church had a basement that people would be downstairs, and the floor would literally go like this. And some people are like, it's going to cave in. And I can remember the board members going, hmm, this isn't good. And I thought, oh, no, it's not good that everyone's celebrating. This this isn't good that the floor isn't sturdy. We need to do something to make the floor sturdier. I like that response. Versus them saying, tell everybody to stop being so excited in church. We don't want you to get excited. Please come in with a frown on your face and don't get excited. I'm glad we had a board that says, we'll solve the problem. And I can remember in the middle of worship, people would just come flocking to the altar. And they were jumping and celebrating. There was a spirit of exuberancy. Now, joy is contagious. And we were known as the joyful church church. And we saw people coming in that were brand new believers and many were coming in that were in the AA program and they were used to an AA environment and you had to see it to believe it. In the middle of my sermon, and I'm not advocating this, but they would be shouting out to me in the middle of my message. And we, they'd be talking because they didn't know how to act in church. And so, you know, I thought about that and I thought about an old story from years gone by. In the days of the, of the hippie movement, and all these long-haired people, in a conservative Pentecostal church, a guy with long hair and ripped jeans, wearing shorts that are ripped, and he just walked in the middle of the service, walked down to the front, and he, and he squatted down at the front. And everyone's like, <gasps> And the old usher comes from the back with his cane, and everyone's thinking, this boy's in trouble. Can't blame the old usher for telling him to take a seat in the pew. And he's sitting there, and he's drinking his coffee, and his hair is long, and his jeans are ripped, and he hadn't had a bath in a long time. And the old usher comes to the front, and he squatted down, put his cane down, and sat beside the guy sitting down at the altar area. How many people, that's the kind of church I want to be. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. Where you feel free to celebrate because Jesus is worth celebrating. Amen. Let me take you to number three. Gets a little more interesting. Shouting. Yeah. You ever heard of a shout of praise? I was a young boy. And all the young people in the church I was raised in. Let me just get the idea here. Yeah, we sat in this section over here. We were in a church that had three sections. It was long. Had a balcony. And all us youth would sit here in a senior man way up in years would sitting in front of us I love this guy in the middle of the worship service he pulled out his hanky and he started waving his hanky but I'll never forget the Sunday night because he was always shouting praise the Lord hallelujah and his false teeth went flying out of his mouth in the middle of a praise the Lord hallelujah and I saw him just reach over the pew in front of him pick them up and flop them back in and keep going hallelujah come on isn't that cool Come on, isn't that cool? That's all right, eh? That's all right. That's all right. So Mark, is there is there a little shouting going on in the Scripture? There's a lot of shouting going on in the Scripture. Let me show you some verses. Ezra 3, verse 12. Many of the older priests and Levites and family heads had seen the former temple, wept aloud, and they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy, and their teeth fell out. All right. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 21. He, God, will yet fill your mouth with laughter. And your lips with shouts of joy. Laughter is one of the greatest medicine. Have joy in your spirit. God wants to fill our mouths with laughter and joy. Come on, amen. Psalm chapter 20, verse 5. May we shout for joy over your victory. And lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Then Psalm 33, 3. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. I just gave you a few verses. There's a lot of verses about shouting. Then there's number four. Running around in circles. You're going running around. You know, know, I've just lost myself. Now, before I read to you some scriptures, my dad's favorite program on TV was The Price is Right. Who was the host for many years of The Price is Right? Bob Barker. Do you remember someone would win? And they go, ah, ah, ah! Remember that? Because they won a blender. I don't know. <laughs> and sometimes we come to church and we go, shh, shh, shh. Nobody get excited. Nobody get excited. Can I show you some verses where people got excited? Acts chapter 16, verse 34. Acts 16, 34, the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy. There's, there's the word, running around in circles because he'd come to believe in God. He and his whole household. Oh. Can you imagine this morning if God did something so unique, so great, so big that we'd never seen before? Imagine somebody coming in in a wheelchair and getting up and dancing before the Lord with joy. Because they couldn't walk when they came in. But they got out of the way. I don't know about you. I'm willing to run around in circles and be a little excited with what God's doing. Run around in circles. Now, it gets better. Matthew 28, 8. This is when Jesus was raised from the dead and the tomb was empty. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid... Yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. They didn't go. They went, <laughs> the tomb's empty. He's alive. I'm getting real dizzy right now. He's alive. He's alive. Filled with joy. Luke 24:52. When the disciples were there, when Jesus ascended, He's on the Mount of Olives. I mean, they literally saw him ascend. Now he's here. No, he's not. He just left earth, went up to the heavens. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were running around in circles. I'm just giving you four expressions, bright and shining, leaping and jumping, shouting, running around in circles. How many people believe God wants to give us his joy this morning? Amen? Amen. He wants to give us his joy. So I want to take you to the, to the application, and I want to leave you this morning with some biblical truths on how, how can we actually live and walk a joy-filled life? How can we be joyful no matter what is happening? Because some of you are here today going, Mark, my wife's got surgery tomorrow. I don't, I don't feel a lot of joy right now. Mark, we just had the worst week of our life. I, I, I'm not feeling joy. I'm not feeling joy. we got to remind ourselves it's, it's not based on circumstance. It's based on Christ. It's not external. It's internal. It's, it's a choice. It's not chance. So I want to take you to the book of Philippians. It's the most joyful book I can think of. In fact, the word joy is mentioned, I think, 18 times in, in the book in, in, in Philippians. Paul mentions joy 18 times. Look at the screen. Philippians 1 verse 18, he said, and because of this, I, I rejoice. Yes, I will I will continue to rejoice. Paul said, I'm choosing to rejoice. Now, just so you know, when he wrote this, he was not on a Caribbean cruise ship, soaking in the sun, getting ready to stop at the next island. Got it? He's not on a holiday. He's in prison. He's in prison. Turn your neighbor and say, He's in prison. And he'd been there for two years. We're not talking an overnighter in prison. He'd been two years in prison. And he's writing a book on joy, I'm just saying, all right? And so as I began to read the book of Philippians, there's four practical things that I felt I needed to remind us of this morning. How can you have joy no matter what? How can I have joy no matter what? I mean, life's not easy. It's tough. I'm going through stuff. I don't like what I'm facing. I mean, it's, it's bad. But, but how, how can I live this joy-filled life no matter what? Number one, number one, write this in your notes, by choosing a perspective to live from. It's all about the way you look at life. It's all about your choice of perspective. It's all about the lens of how you look at life. It's a choice that you choose to live from. So let's go to God's word. Let me read to you verse 12 down to verse 14. And let me show you, let me show you the perspective that Paul had. Now, here it is. Get ready for this. Let me just tell you this before I read it. He's not just in jail. I mean, he's not just in jail. Now, sometimes jail today, and I've been to jail. Sometimes it's, it's a good, better environment than others, depending on what level of security you're in. When I was in Godrich, there was a detention center outside of Godrich, and there was people there that it wasn't a bad environment, kind of interesting. But in this case, he was chained to a Roman guard all the time for 24-7 for two years. Now, I'm told that because of the fact that he was chained to a Roman guard, they had a name for it. They called them the Roman Praetorian Guard. And they were the elite Roman guards. They were the best of the best. They were paid the most. And they would work in this thing for 12 years. And after 12 years, they were forced to retire as a Praetorian Guard and then they were giving a job in the government. They were the big wheels in the Roman government once they did their 12 years. Every day for 24 hours, he is chained to one guy and then to another guy. 24 hours every day for two years. So what did Paul do? Complain? Nope. You don't think he did? He had a captivated audience and he shared Jesus Who's the prisoner now? <laughs> come on, man. You ever been on an airplane in between some two people and someone's beside you has got nowhere to go? You, you got a captivated audience. And he's chained to this dude for 24 hours, taking a shift, and would come back on a shift a few days later for two years. They talked a lot about Jesus. And you know what he did while he was in prison? He wrote half the New Testament. Come on that what? Well, uh, so, look at his perspective. Let me read to you. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 12 down to verse 14. Look at the screen. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, they called people in the church brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. See his perspective? Oh, I'm in prison. It's not good. I want to come on. I just, it's not fair. I got a captivated audience. I'm going to share Jesus with this guy because he's going to become one of the big leaders in the Roman government. How to affect a nation? Get a hold of the big leaders. And he's sharing Jesus. And he goes, guess what? I'm in prison. This helped me advance the gospel. Look at verse 13. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Go figure. Everybody knew that he was a believer and everybody's chained to, he talks about Jesus. Then look at verse 14. And because of my chains... Most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So him in jail affected the, the, the people that he was chained to, and it also affected the believers. People he was chained to got saved, and all the believers got more bold in their faith. They thought, man, if he can do this chained to, 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 to guards, what can I do outside of prison? How many people know when his perspective changed, his joy started to overflow? And so you can go, woe is me, but I want you to to write this down somewhere. Discover God's purpose in the middle of your problem. Discover God's purpose in the midst of the pain that you are facing. God, what can you do in the middle of this difficulty? And I'm telling you right now, when you choose and make that choice, God will use you in a great, incredible way. I'm amazed when I visit people in the hospital And I see how the Lord uses them to share his love to the person in the bed beside them. It happens all the time when you make the choice to rejoice. Number one, by choosing a perspective to live from. Then there's number two. Write this in your notes. By choosing a priority. Choosing a priority to live by. What is your priority in life? What is your priority? Sometimes pressures lead us. Sometimes priorities lead us. And sometimes things will rob you of your joy. Now, when you don't have His joy in you, I'm going to tell you how your day's going to go. You're going to get up, and because your favorite shirt is in the wash, and it's not ready for you to wear, it's going to ruin your entire day. Some of you are going, that happened to me this morning. And for some of you, you're going to go get your coffee at Starbucks, or Tim Hortons, wherever you get it, and they mess it up, and you're going to, oh, Come on! This is horrible. I'm terrible. I'm Or you're going to get in your car and someone's going to cut you off. You, you, now, I'm, I'm meddling and messing with you right now. You, I'm telling you, if you're not careful, you'll let something rob you of your joy. I'm telling you right now, it's His joy that He's giving you. And it's your choice to keep it. Or it's your choice to let someone rob you of your joy. Stop letting stuff and things rob you of your joy. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing me? It's only robbed because you let somebody rob it. It's not like someone breaks in and sneaks in. It's like you saying, come on in, come on in, come on in. I'm not going to walk in the spirit today. So just because my favorite shirt's not ready, I'm going to lose it. Come on in crazy to get ticked off over such simple, small, horrible things. And so we gotta, we got to learn to choose a priority to live by. <clears throat> Look at verse 15 down to verse 18. Paul said in verse 15, It's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. Here's what's going on. There were people criticizing Paul, ripping him to shreds, saying, You're not the real deal. You're just this. You're just that. And when people criticize you, it can rob you of your joy if you allow it to. When people mock you, make fun of you, criticize you, they're envious, they're jealous. That's what's going on in verse 15. Look at verse 16. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. Verse 17, the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they could stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But I love verse 18. This is my favorite part of this text. But what does it matter? What does it matter? Come on, man. We Canadians, we complain about the weather. It's either too hot, or it's too cold. Now, I'm just telling you, you can't have it both ways. When it's too hot, don't say it's too hot. When it's too cold, don't say it's too cold. What does it matter if it's raining outside today? What does it matter? If your favorite church, what does it, what, what is the priority that drives your life? And if you're not careful, it's going to be the wrong priority, which really is a pressure. And it's going to rob you of your joy. And Paul said that so well. What does it matter? Look at the screen, latter part of verse 18. The important thing, the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. Paul's saying, I don't care if I get bread and water every day. I don't care if I'm chained to this guy for two years. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just, the most important thing is that Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. And yes, I will continue to rejoice. Come on, isn't that good? By choosing a priority to live by. Then there's number three. By choosing a power to live on. I mean, some of you walked in today, you're like, I have no energy. I'm a young mom. I didn't sleep a lot last night. Or some of you are like, I am ready to throw in the towel. Uh, Pastor Mark, I'm ready to give up. i got nothing left in me. I'm done. I'm spent. Statistically, probably 20% in the auditorium right now and who are watching on live streaming are ready to throw in the towel. And the other 80%, your, your encouragement level it's probably not 100%. Some of you are like, I'm, I'm, i like, I'm stressed. I'm really stressed. What is your power source? And there's two things that I saw in verse 19 and verse 20. And I want to read them to you. Look at verse 19. Verse 19. Paul said in verse 19, For I know, I know that through your prayers, let's stop right there. What kept Paul going? The prayers of the believers i tell you, I, I, I went to the hospital this week to see someone, a senior lady in our church, and she said, Pastor, I'm, I'm old. I can't serve lots of the church, but I can pray. She said, my husband, we pray for you and the pastoral team every single day. i tell you, I walked out of that hospital room feeling like a million bucks. How many people know prayers of others can carry you through your day? How many people know prayers of others can get you through your problems? How many people know we need each other to be praying for each other? Some are like, nobody's praying for me. People are praying for you, but most of all, Jesus is interceding for you right now 24 7. Prayers keep you going, but then there's more. Then there's more. I want to read to you in verse 13. 19, verse 20. Let me, let me put it back on the screen. Verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision, God's provision of the Spirit. There it is. How many people are glad that God provides for us His Spirit? Anybody this morning grateful for the Spirit of the living God? Come on. Any, anybody? Anybody? in Come on. Anybody in the house grateful? I said anybody in the house this morning grateful for the Spirit of the living God? the spirit gives life the spirit quickens you the spirit brings joy the spirit causes you to look at life differently through a God lens man it's awful but I still got my joy it's not good but I still got my joy the joy of the Lord is my you know it If you want joy, you can... First verse is ask for it. Shout it. Praise it. I don't know if we're getting this this morning, but church, people are praying for you. Somebody is praying for you. I was a messed up teenager. Far from God. Knowing I was far from God. Living a rebellious life. Coming in way past the curfew. In the old house that we lived in, we didn't have washrooms everywhere and walk-in closets. We had a small little 900 square foot bungalow with one washroom. And I remember slipping down the hallway, having to pass my parents' bedroom. And all I heard was my mom and dad interceding and praying for their son, Mark. I'm glad that they prayed for me I'm glad that they prayed me through I'm glad that I turned my life around I'm glad that I got my life back on track with Jesus Christ and to this day my 86 year old mother prays for me every single day and my daddy who's in heaven is beside my father God the father and his son Jesus and I know that my Jesus with my daddy at his side is praying for me every single day and I know that the the joy of the Lord is my strength. And the Spirit gives life. Come on, you can do better than that. This is to the Lord God Almighty. Oh, amen. All right, put it, put it back on the screen. Verse 19. Verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me, I know that I know that I know that because of the prayers, because of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will Will, not may, not should, not might, not could, will turn out for my deliverance. Look at verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed. Come on, church. You get the joy, His joy in you. It will change your perspective to live from your priority to live by and your power to live on. But then there's number four. With this, I close. With this, I close. By choosing a purpose to live for. I, I, I've discovered when you get a purpose that's greater than you, <laughs> I couldn't wait to say this. When you discover a purpose that's greater than you, you will have more joy than you can handle. Did you guys get that? When you discover a purpose that is greater than you, you will have more joy than you can handle. The old acrostic holds true. Joy, J-O-Y. Jesus first. Others second. Yourself third. I am third. He is first. I'll tell you, church, when you discover an outward focus that's not on you and a purpose that is greater than you and a cause to live for, you will have more joy than you can handle. Now, board members, plug your ears, because I don't want the board members to hear this. I love what I'm doing so much I would do it for free. the pastor said that great, budget cut (laughs) I get up in the day and I'm going wow I love this city I love this church I get to get paid to do what I love doing
1: oh man
0: All alright, way too excited for a 9 o'clock service cool it down cool it down let me read the latter part of verse 20 down to verse 26. And then we're going to open this altar. The latter part of verse 20. After he said, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed. Here it is. latter part of verse 20. But will have sufficient courage. So that now as always. Now as always. Not just now, but as always. I love those words. Now as always. Christ will be exalted in my body. Whether by life or by death. <laughs> Jesus, you'll be exalted whether I live or whether I die. Verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I mean, they'd taken his possessions. They had taken his ministry. They would taken his clothes. They'd taken everything from him. But there's something they could not take from him. They couldn't take Jesus from him. He's like, man, I live. I can just keep on doing what I die, I get to go to heaven. A good friend of mine battled cancer more than once in his life and a stroke. And he said, many health challenges. And Evan I celebrated he and his wife's 40th anniversary yesterday. And he's alive. When he was in his 30s, he was diagnosed with cancer. And the doctor said, reverend, go home. You're not going to live. Get your house in order. He's in his 30s. He's now 60. He's alive and well. But this is what he said to me. Mark. If Jesus heals me, I win. If I die and go to heaven, I win. I win. I don't know if you're When you're a father of Jesus, no one can take this from you. They put him in prison. They flogged him. They beat him. They, I mean, this guy went through so much. He's going, man, if I live, I win. If I die, I win. For me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain. Come on, man. Those are powerful words. Look at verse 22. If I'm going to go on living in the body, this would mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm, verse 20, I'm torn between the two. I desire to part and be with Christ, which is better by far. It's like heaven was on his mind. But verse 24, but it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. You see, some of you are going, I don't know why I'm here. God has kept you here for a reason. We got a lady in our church that is ninety-nine years old. She, come on, she's ninety-nine years old. Her mind is sharper than mine, and possibly yours, but definitely sharper than mine. Her body is weak; she can't come to church. And she says, "I just want to go to heaven." I said, "But I don't want you to go to heaven yet. I want you to stay till at least you're a hundred." She said, why pastor? So I can say I pastored somebody who made it to hundred. That's why. And she laughed. Why am I still here? You're here on earth for a reason. You're not going home to heaven until God has completed his mission and his purpose in you. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Some days I want to go to heaven. Some days I want to be here. But I know I'm here not for me, but for you, people. That's what Paul's saying. It's more necessary for you that I remain in the Bible. Look at verse 25. Convinced of this. So he conv- he's convinced now. I know that I will remain. I will continue with all of you for your progress. Oh, here's the word joy. And joy in the faith. Can you imagine a church service in Philippi? Well, if the guy can be in prison and be joyful, we ought to be joyful, people, because we got a lot better than Paul is in prison. I, I'm sure that conversation went down. Verse 26, so that through my being with you again, your boasting is not in Paul, it's in Christ Jesus, will abound on account of me. When you discover God's purpose for your life that is greater than you, you have more joy than you can handle somebody risk an amen Amen. somebody risk a praise the Lord somebody get on their feet right now come on come on all of you get on your feet right now come on pastor Brad joy somebody said I prayed for joy but instead pastor he gave me hazel I wanted joy sorry sorry that's that's (laughs) terrible I don't know if people know the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate our Lord God Almighty. Worthy of all praise. Worthy of all praise. Pastor, I don't know what song is in your heart, but I warned you this morning, we want some joy in the house. We don't have a basement in this place, thank the Lord. But we can celebrate. I want there to be a little shouting in the house this morning. I want there to be a little leaping and jumping in the house this morning. I want there to be a, I want the joy. I want God to pour oil of joy all over this place in the name of the Lord. Now, here's what I believe there's going to be some of you. Some of you, He's going to baptize you in His joy, and you. It's been a long time since you experienced the joy. The joy. The joy of the Lord. So how many people are ready to give him praise? Come on, how many people are ready to give him praise? Come on, come on, come on, let's celebrate!
1: This is an old one, right? Yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. How can you stay standing? I think we need to have a little jumping and shouting and praising in the house this morning. You want to come to this altar? You feel free. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Lift your voice. Let's sing it again.
0: Every head is bowed, everyone's eyes are closed just before we go. You're standing here today and you're going, man, there's a lot of joy in the house, but I I don't get it. My question this morning is, today was the day that you stepped into eternity, you died. Do you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? Are you positive that you're going to heaven? If this is the day that you died, do you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? Was there a time, a place, a moment? that you personally asked Jesus to come in your life. God loves you so much. He sent his son, Jesus. Jesus loved you so much, his life purpose was you. And he lived out that purpose, dying on a cross for your sins. Death can hold him in the ground. Raised the life he lives. Conquered the grave. The way to heaven is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't be good enough. You can't give enough. you can't earn it you can't buy it you got to receive salvation as a gift by grace heads are bowed eyes are closed no one is looking you're standing here today and you know that you're not ready for heaven but you want to be and you'd like to ask Christ to be the center of your life you'd like to be led in a prayer before we go of receiving Jesus I'm going to count to three if you'd like to be included and led in this prayer to ask Christ to be the center of your life I just want you to lift your hand you can put it down by lifting your hand, you're letting me know, Pastor, I, I want a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I want to be led in this prayer. So here it is. One, two, three. That's you. You just lift your hand high. By lifting your hand, you're letting me know, Pastor, I, I want this relationship with God. I want Christ to come into my life. God bless you. God bless you for lifting your hands. You can put it down. I'll lead you in a prayer. and We're going to join you as you pray. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on a cross. For me, I have decided to follow Jesus. I receive you in my life. Today, I declare you as my Savior, my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your eyes, put your hands together, and celebrate salvation there's people that lifted their hands and if you accepted Christ in your life as we exit in a moment there's, there's a wall in the lobby it says follow drop by it and um, go there we got a bible for you it's free a little booklet for you it's free and we want to help you in your new faith journey if this is your church get in the connect group we got over 60 connect groups across the city people doing life together studying God's word and uh, it's on the website but they can help you with that serve we ran our serve class last Wednesday a lot of people came to it We offer every month. We're going to help you find your place of serving. Let us know what nationality you are. That email. We, We think there's a lot more than 65 nationalities here. And thank you for getting backpack sheets. And there's probably still more. You can get more. And it'd be great. Pastor Brad, wouldn't it be cool if we just blew that goal out of the water? And we can bless more areas. Thank you for being an amazing, generous church. Thank you for being a great church. Evelyn and I love you so much. Isn't the joy of the Lord great? Come on, let's just give him praise. Just give him praise. Give him praise. So Brad, we got to celebrate as we go, alright? So we got a lot of guests here, and I'm glad they came. I hope they come back. I really do. Drop by the guest lounge. We want to bless you, but let's celebrate as we go, alright? i
1: trading my soul i trading I'm laying them down for joy of the Lord.